to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. everyone welcome 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 to the dr pat show this is talk radio to thrive by and i cannot believe we are already starting to chat about the holiday season walked into the studio this morning the trees are going up the lights are going on and today's first show coming out of the gate you ready everybody jingle bells jingle bells jingle yeah. all the way fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh jingle bells jingle bells <laughs> yes jingle indeed all the way and i guess you're wondering why are we playing that song well there's something that i wanted to share with you there's a topic that's very near and dear to my heart and many of you have heard about uh the incident with ellen degeneres and uh, you know the the pet situation well we're bringing to you someone that knows a lot about this topic diane pomerantz is joining us today today's segment is a new pet is not just for Christmas, it is for life. And so as you're in the mood, as you're in the mode, as you're hearing the tunes, as you're, you know, sucking on the peppermint stick or whatever it is you're doing, you Lots gotta know that, yep, that moment that you have to grab that puppy off that shelf, out of that cage, is a moment that is for the rest of your life. And so today we're gonna be sharing top five reasons not to buy a pet as a holiday gift. And so we're going to talk to Diane about that and about why this is such an important conversation. Um, she's received her PhD in communications from the University of, Michi uh, University of Michigan Ann Arbor and is a certified as a grief recovery specialist by the International Rec Recognized Grief, grief Recovery Institute. So she not only uh, counsels folks that are in grief from loss, but she also uh, have an incredible campaign around the loss of a loved animal companion and boy do I know a lot about that and so Diane welcome to the Dr. Pat show oh what a pleasure to be with you thank you wow this is a big conversation isn't it I mean this is a, a topic that is you know caught the eye of uh, millions of people and yet uh, we still have millions of people that go out on the holiday season and see that little you know how much is that mm, 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 the window, right? Uh, one with the I was looking for that. I decided not to get it. <laughs> right? And then we bring them home, and it's like, okay, there's nobody there to really take care of them. Yeah. We impulse buy or we impulse adopt, and I'm all for having a pet, believe me. I have 18 of my own that are all rescued, uh, were abandoned, <laughs> neglected, and abused. You go, girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope no farther than the 18, believe me. But, you know, I'm picking up the pieces, uh, actually, of people who have impulse bought or impulse adopted and, uh, you know, fell in love with a cute, cuddly, squiggly, uh, charming, friendly, huggable little pet. And then uh, after the holidays, the... the uh, 
the glamour wears off, as it were, and they're stuck with picking up poop, (laughs) dealing with pee on the oriental rugs, uh, destructive behaviors, because they haven't planned, they haven't done their homework, they haven't done their research. And if that were my message, that would be the key message to really think about a decision like this. And it's not just catering to the kids that are whining and moaning and cajoling and, Mommy, I need a pet daddy pretty, please. We all know their their tactics, but... uh, you know, you really want to give this serious deliberation. A lot of times these pets live for many, many years. Hopefully they will, uh, healthy years. But, you know, cats can live up to 22, 23 years old. Uh, smaller dogs can live up into the teens and even 20s. And uh, the large dogs uh, are more prone to live shorter lives from 10 to 12 years and so on. But they're going to be with us for a long time, and we want to give them quality lives. And I think when you adopt a pet, it should be uh, very similar to adopting a child. You're bringing a a new living being into your environment, and you have to really think in terms of your lifestyle. Are you equipped space-wise, time-wise in particular? These animals require a lot of TLC, a lot of interaction. And and what Benny and I know is we, we went through uh, what it's like simply to take care of a fish. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Absolutely. And, you know, that, we did an entire show on the Guess fish. Guess what? It needs clean water. <laughs> it needs appropriate food. Right. Yeah, you know. And people think, oh, it's a goldfish in a bowl, and it goes round and round and round. Ah, uh-uh. this is a living being. Absolutely. And so, you know, this is a topic you're very, very passionate about, certainly with 18 of your animal co- uh, friends with I'd you. I'd have to be, wouldn't I? <laughs> you absolutely. Yeah. It, it, I, that's what I love about doing radio. It's incredible that you get some people that you, are willing to talk about a topic that they don't have any real experience with, but that's not the case with you. Oh, definitely not the case. The diarrhea, the vomit, the blood. Hey, this is all part of that reality. Well, what do you do? How do we handle this when, you know, we're in the mall? And we're going, you know, first of all, going to the pet store in the mall. That's a whole nother show, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> that is definitely something we want to know a little information about. But sure. I, le- I learned an experience by doing that. But yeah. what, what can we say to people um, to help them really think this through carefully? You need to research. You need to research the appropriate type of animal, the breed of animal, whether it's a cat or a dog or a guinea pig or a hamster, whatever it might be, you need to go on the net, you need to get out books from the library or buy them and really sit down. And especially if you're a family, you need to arrive at some kind of consensus as to the adaptability of the animal to your lifestyle. Uh, If you've got kids that are just on humongous uh, extracurricular activities and and, have a lot of homework and, and so on and so forth and really don't have time to pay attention to a pet, think really carefully about getting involved because ultimately, and in any case, ultimately the parents are responsible for the overall health and well-being of this pet. But you need to think what's practical. Do your kids have time to play and exercise with them? And also keep in mind that pets can be the most wonderful companion and enriching experience for children, rewarding. They learn responsibility. They learn to be compassionate. Uh, They learn that animals are sentient and that they feel pain just like we do. Uh, So uh, children's self-esteem Steam is boosted uh, by the fact that they are caregivers uh, as youngsters, and it teaches them a humaneness, a sense of compassion and responsibility that will serve them well uh, into becoming compassionate, humane adults.
And, and, you know, there is also the other issue that, you know, getting a, a pet for your child doesn't mean as a parent you don't have responsibility. No, absolutely not. Ultimately, you are the responsible caregiver. And the children learn responsibility through your actions. And uh, it's great to sit down as a family and really go through the breeds that are best suited to your lifestyle, everyone's lifestyle, and to delegate responsibility for these animals. And you also need to keep in mind budget. Just because you paid a purchase price for an animal, uh, and hopefully you've adopted an animal because, uh, in my personal humble opinion, there are so many out there that have been returned to shelters because they've been impulse bought or impulse adopted and are on the road to euthanasia. And these animals were couch potatoes, beloved family members till they got too old or they developed some kind of illness that was inconvenient to care for. Uh, you know, we're a disposable, discardable society. We dispose of and discard our elders, as you know. And uh, it's the same in the animal world. Well, you know, he can't jog with me anymore. Or, you know, suddenly uh, I have to give him pills three or four times a day and feed him this and feed him that. And people just don't have the patience for it or stamina. And this shows us a lot about character. And part of this is, is, as you said, I love what you're saying about doing the research because, you know, this is how we separate the heart and the mind right. from the decisions we make. Right. I mean, our heart would say, you know, go ahead and go do that. Uh, and uh, believe me, I know about this. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I have to tell you that uh, my, the, the last companion I had was a collie, looked exactly like Lassie. <laughs> and I went to, uh, I went to, you know, uh, to pick, to pick pick out a puppy and and it happened to go to this amazing place they had these collie puppies and you know what little collie puppies look like yes oh my yes. god yeah uh, it, aren't they like the cutest little ball of fur they're gorgeous yeah and and so i didn't do any of the things that you said I didn't. I didn't do not a single one. And, you know, the, the one that kept jumping up and wanted me to pick him up, that was the one. And I took him home. And what I learned from this, and thank God, thank God that I was in a position to take care of this 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 pup. Because I actually ended up buying my veterinarian a new Mercedes and then a brand new home on the lake because you don't what you don't Welcome know to my world you yeah. don't know and and after three months you know the dog was diagnosed with hip dysplasia he was going to live maybe five years and i said no i'm not taking him back because they you know what they would have done right so this is why we're talking to folks today. We're my, trying to save these lives. We are. And, and to make sure that you, your child, your family has an incredibly rewarding experience because there's nothing really like it, Diane, is there? There isn't. These are unconditionally loving and forgiving friends, companions, family members. Uh, children, as well as adults, confide in our animal companions. I know, mine know my most intimate secrets. <laughs> They'll never tell, which is the other good aspect of it. They will not betray your secrets. Uh, but they afford you a link also with the natural world from which we've all evolved. Mm -hmm. And we don't have all that much contact with nature. Most of us in urban centers were, you know immersed in technology and here these animal companions are spontaneous they amuse us they entertain us i know i have three dachshunds among the 18 those are my small dogs uh -huh. otherwise i have alaskan malamutes and german shepherd anatolian shepherd etc but every time i go to the mailbox 
these three little dachshunds come in with their uh, arsenal of toys, squeaky, fluffy, puffy, I mean, and it's just, it makes me laugh. And, and you know, there are significant scientific studies that substantiate the health benefits that these animal companions afford us, uh, from improved heart rate to lower blood pressure. They increase the longevity of our lives. They improve the quality of our lives. A lot of people may not realize this. But just that contact, mm-hmm. someone that's genuine and real and doesn't have an agenda other than to get a treat or a toy. But, you know, exactly. uh, not waiting in line to see what they're inheriting from your will and, and things like that. Exactly. Let's, yeah. take a, let's take a short break. I am thrilled to have Diane Pomerantz <laughs> joining me today. The website, animalcompanionsandtheirpeople.com. We've got lots to talk about when we come back. Very specifically, we want to uh, explore with you what are the benefits of choosing an older pet as well as some of the things you need to consider before adopting a puppy or another animal even a fish betty we'll be right back in harmony and prosper with the universe? Find out each week on the radio show Cosmic Connections with Madeline. Brought to you by the Dr. Pat Show. Every Friday at 10 a.m. on KKNW 1150. Internationally known astrologer Madeline Gerwick brings you tips, tools, and answers to your questions. Check the show topics at PolarisBusinessGuides.com. That's PolarisBusinessGuides.com. Tune in Fridays at 10 a.m. to Cosmic Connections with Madeline so you can prosper with the universe. Chocolate. Not only sensual, but powerful. Shasai Dark Unprocessed Chocolate. Highest level of antioxidants in a simple food. Did you know science has shown dark chocolate could help you lose weight? Did you know that you can actually improve your overall health by eating dark chocolate? Or that you can enjoy eating chocolate three or more times a day, guilt-free? Did you know that chocolate actually has a bliss factor? Life with chocolate couldn't be sweeter. Life with chocolate. Have you ever wondered how humans lived for thousands of years with just the power of nature to keep them healthy? Can we live a healthy, long life without dependence on drugs? Dr. Rashmi Pace, naturopathic physician and Ayurvedic clinician, can help you have optimal health and ageless vitality using the science of naturopathic medicine plus the wisdom of the ancient healing arts. Call Dr. Pace at 425-778-8050 or visit lotusnaturalhealthclinic.com I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Let me help you take your empowering message to a community of people looking for products and services that value all life on earth and tap into the one true freedom we have, the freedom to choose. Let our listeners choose you. Join the buzz and be the buzz. Sponsor the Dr. Pat Show. Call me at 206-523-5522. That's 206-523-5522. Unlock your divine power and become the true master of your life with visionary clairvoyant Carrie O'Connor. Every Monday at 10 a.m. on the Dr. Pat Show. Using her extraordinary connection with spirit, Carrie can energetically view your true inner blueprint and guide you to your soul's highest purpose. Explore your personal connection to your authentic self and let your spirit soar as it was truly meant to. Mondays at 10 a.m. on The Dr. Pat Show. 
Do you need help losing weight? Does your diet need improvement? Are you having problems getting motivated to exercise? At Personal Training Team, they design a program that works for you. Get results and achieve your fitness goals. Train in their private studios, or they'll even come to your home. Visit their website, personaltrainingteam.com, and call for a free consultation at 425-885-4825. At Personal Training Team, they make it personal. Personaltrainingteam.com. Alternative Talk 1150 is now being broadcast in digital quality on FM 98.9 HD3. So rejoice, you early adopters of technology. bring back memories for me. My special guest uh, today is Diane Pomerantz. We're talking about uh, what it is to know about whether or not you buy a, a, a pet for this holiday season. And if you do, what you should be aware of. And I think, Diane, you and I were talking about during the break, we're not saying don't do this. Precisely. What we're saying is use common sense. If you're planning on having the party of the century and you've got relatives flying in from all over the world, this is not the time to adopt a puppy or a kitten or any animal for that matter. Remember, it's like introducing a child into the family. It needs to adjust to its surroundings. It needs to familiarize itself with you and other family members. Uh, so it's not that it's a bad idea to give an, a dog or a cat for Christmas. It can be a wonderful opportunity, but that's if you're having a laid-back, mellow family kind of experience where you're all home and using the time to acquaint yourselves with this animal and have fun with it and start some basic socialization of the animal and, uh, again, just getting to know this animal. So um, if you do that, that's fine. It's, you know, again, a very frenetic, chaotic, turbulent season. We've got emotions flying every which way because we're dealing with friends and relatives that we may not have seen for a while. We've got religious obligations, etc. So if you've got that pace, really wait till after the holidays. And what you can do if you're going to introduce the pet to the family is, you know, uh, as a gift, give, give the recipient a photo of the album and a beautiful frame, some accessories, some toys, so that they're all geared up a beautiful leash and collar, ID tag, etc. And then say, we'll pick the animal up after the holidays are over so that we can have some quiet time to get to know him. You know, and this is really a guideline for many people uh, to really when you're looking at uh, bringing a companion animal companion home or, you know, I mean, I, you know, the fish was a big deal. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea. Ben, you know, Benny and I, we talk about that. I had a friend give me a fish and I thought, oh, I can manage this. And, you know, it was a little goldfish. It was like two. Yeah, two fish. Thank you, Benny. Two, 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 first. Yeah. two at first. Originally, it was two. Originally, it was two. Yeah. Originally, it was two. They were like maybe what two inches if that if maybe that. an inch and a half maybe right and <laughs> within a very short period of time this, this was this incredible eight inch beautiful fantail uh, and I went through three fish tanks before I actually had to give it to Benny. And I actually got a larger one as well because it just would swim in circles. I'm like, this isn't cool. He needs to do, have a little more exercise than just a circle route. 
<laughs> yeah, and so that is. So you I built mean, the labyrinth. We and did. Got totally. We did. Oh, I totally we did. did. And we made. A, I probably made every mistake in the book. I had somebody <laughs> tell me, "Go get a little lobster, put it in the bottom, <laughs> and the lobster's going to eat all the icky stuff." Well, the lobster was eating eating the tail of the fish. That's what the lobster <laughs> wanted to eat. So you know, this one, this show is important. Imagine if you could go through that journey with a fish. We're talking a dog, a cat. How much do we really know here? Right, right. And that's why it's so important to contact, you know, local animal welfare organizations, obviously to read about the animal, to go to the net. What a lot of people don't know is that there are uh, specific breed rescue organizations. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Um, in addition to the basic SPCAs and uh, humane societies, etc., um, there are rescue organizations that... Are, really consist of very knowledgeable people about a specific breed, whether it's Pomeranians, whether it's Poodles, whether it's German Shepherds, Great Pyrenees, uh, Anatolian Shepherds, whatever it might be. And they take in these animals, usually from shelters, um, and they foster them, and they socialize them, and they correct their any health problems that, that may have arisen. Um, they'll rehabilitate the animal, uh, but it's always an animal that does not bite, that's not aggressive. They make certain of that before they take them in. And then they, uh, especially if you go to, I've adopted a couple of dachshunds from Dachshund, Dachshund Rescue of Houston, for example, and they have a photo gallery on the net where you can look at the pictures of the various dachshunds, whether you want a red, a black, a tan, whatever it might be, and it describes the social characteristics of the animal, uh, whether it gets along with other animals, for example, whether it gets along with children, for example, whether it needs to be an only dog and so on. And it's the same for cats, Persians, Himalayans, whatever your choice might be. And you can learn a lot about the characteristics, the temperaments of these individual animals. Do they enjoy playing with children? Do they need a companion animal? Because I know dachshunds, uh, for example, are very sociable and really usually uh, like to have other companions. And in my house, of course, there are a lot of companions, so they're very happy. But again, those are all considerations. And then you need to consider, again, do you have a budget to accommodate vaccinations, spay neutering, uh, responsible health checkups periodically? Uh, if you know they get bitten, if they get, if they break a bone, remember they're like human children, especially puppies and kittens are very fragile. Uh, so you need to be very conscious of all these areas. And also part of this is being a conscious of these as well as being a con conscious of who the heck you are. Yeah. You know, I mean, are, are you a fish person? <laughs> I mean, can you actually see yourself cleaning that fish tank? And then you have to know if you're looking at different breeds of dogs and cats. Each of them has their own personality. Absolutely. I mean, I picked a collie and it happened to match who I was at the time. But I don't know if it would today. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, you know, we tend to be drawn as to a magnet to certain animals. And I happened to find an Alaskan Malamute stray in a park in Los Angeles when I was living there. His name was Caesar, and it was Caesar who got me into writing about animals, etc. And he was an Alaskan Malamute lab mix. And he taught me so much. And once I knew the breed of Alaska Malamute, I couldn't be without one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, his personality was just so uh, magnetic and charismatic. Mm -hmm. And he was so vulnerable at the same time and so sweet. And he'd been so badly abused. And there were so many elements to his personality that other Malamutes may not have. But most of them have that mischievous sense of humor, the uh, intelligence. And so that really appealed to me because they're challenging. They're not easy. 
the parent. They're quite complicated, mm -hmm. but I love that in my life. And as you say, as I get older, I'm going toward the dachshund den. <laughs> you know, yeah. these hundred pound Malamutes are a little too much for me. <laughs> but you know, dachshunds are really smart. They're really savvy. They're very clever and resourceful. So you know, there's an appreciation for all of these different animals. Benny, do you have a, a type of dog that you are attracted to? Uh, I've always been a big fan of Labradors, Black Lab. As a matter uh -huh. of fact, when I was a kid, we raised them and yeah. uh, just awesome water dogs. I mean, they, they love the water. I mean, they are waiting to jump in and you they look back at you like, can I, can I, can I, can I go now? How about now? And then you, of course, throw something and then they're still waiting for that command and then bang, they're they in. They never quite get it. I have uh, a yellow they don't get it. I have a yellow diving dog mm -hmm. named yeah. Sunny. She's great. Mm -hmm. They love it. I love to see dogs just going right after it. And they are fast. I, I have mean, to tell you, cool. one of the most embarrassing days of my life was walking my friends to labs, a yellow and a black lab, around Green Lake. Mm -hmm. And these are very calm looking, beautiful little labs. They're not little, but they were calm labs. <laughs> and before I knew it, in a heartbeat, I was being dragged across <laughs> the lawn about 10 feet into the lake. Yeah, they're very powerful. Very powerful. And boy, and this is what we're talking about. You know, we, t we I mentioned earlier, Diane, I mean, the advantage of getting an older dog. Can you say a little bit about that? Absolutely. Uh, they're not as rambunctious. Uh, they don't need to be house trained generally, and they're perfect for middle-aged older people that don't have the time and energy to start training and socializing these dogs. Uh, they're mellow. They kind of <laughs> sleep and nap when you want to sleep and nap. They're not the yipping little puppies that jump and climb all over people, uh, of course, depending on where you've gotten the animal and, and uh, its previous background. But I, we, my husband and I have adopted a lot of geriatric, and by that I mean 9, 10, 11 year old, and they have been the most incredible animals. They've been therapy dogs who go into hospitals, assisted living centers, um, hospice uh, centers where they are just such a joy and it seems you know and people can relate to them on a different level because they teach us about the aging process and what's what's ahead for us as humans because so many of the conditions arthritis for example uh are conditions that we as humans experience later on in life so uh, they have wonderful lessons and uh they are again so accommodating and adaptable and uh, much mellower than than the young ones so and for kids too they can be great but then you need to tell children that uh, you know talk about illness and old age and mm -hmm. death which can be a wonderful gift for the child because guess what that child's going to find out about it sooner or later and you're not protecting right. it from anything right and you know let's let's plan to do another show on that because one of the most difficult times for me diane was uh when i actually had to say goodbye to travis my collie after 13 years yeah and it's devastating. it is devastating and one of the things that i did was had somebody come to my home and i'd love to talk to you about what i believe are the pros and cons of that and we sure. can talk about that after the holidays thank you so sure. much diane for joining us let's give out your website one more time it's animalcompanionsandtheirpeople.com. Outstanding. Thank you so much for a fun and informative show. I, I so appreciate it. We're going to take a short break now, and when we come back, we've got a, wow, we've got some great programming for you today. Uh, Lois Einhorn will be joining us, we'll, and we'll be talking about forgiveness. We'll be right back. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Got a question about real estate or home loans? Is it a buyer's market? Is it a seller's market? What about home loans and refinance? Need someone you can trust to answer your questions and understand the newest trends? You can trust Dennis Sikowski, a realtor and loan expert for 10 years, helping people all over the Puget Sound walk through the biggest purchases of their lives. Call Dennis for a professional analysis and get real honest answers. 425-238-3612. That's 425-238-3612. Ramsey of RamseyInvesting.com has been a certified financial planner for over 20 years. Ramsey Investing provides balanced, smart investment management to a broad range of people through the online web service RamseyInvesting.com. They are fee-only managers who do not sell financial products. They invest your money for you, track it, and make adjustments as needed. You don't have to worry if you're in the right investments or not. That's their job. Visit RamseyInvesting.com. The secret is no longer a secret, but still life's deepest questions remain. How will you answer them? See One, the movie, and join the ultimate conversation at OneTheProject.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Pat, the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Now, the film phenomenon that has been transforming hearts across the world is available online at OneTheProject.com. Experience One, the movie, and find your answers. Each one of us experiences a time in our lives when our health has become upset or challenged. Tim Ticehurst is an accomplished homeopath who provides compassionate help for his clients who are looking to return to balance. The remedies Tim recommends are completely safe and non-toxic and can work in tandem with prescription medications. Visit homeopathyseattle.com or call Tim at one 800 219-1526 for a free consultation to see if homeopathy may be right for you. Has the pet food recall left you confused and concerned about what to feed your four-legged family members? Sam's Cats and Dogs, naturally, has you covered with expert advice and information about ingredients or how to supplement a fresh food diet to keep your furry friends healthy and happy. And all our foods are unconditionally guaranteed. Visit us at samscatsanddogs.com. That's samscatsanddogs.com. In Monroe, Washington, at 206 East Main. Tap into more of your brain potential. The exceptional Hemisync technology can help you achieve a focused, whole brain state. Refined with nearly 50 years of research and development, this patented audio guidance technology has been scientifically and clinically proven to be effective. Visit the Monroe Products website at hemisync.com. That's H-E-M-I-S-Y-N-C.com. Or call 1-800-541-2488. Tired of the insanity of other talk radio stations? Just click your radio knob and say there's no place like Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basili. I'm joined by my my partner here, uh, Benny Mathers, uh, today. And I want to mention to everyone, if you want to find out more about our website, if you want to find out about the Extraordinary Speaker Series, all of that's on our website and much more. Over a thousand shows that are, are in the archives right now. Uh, and you can podcast them, download them, iTunes them, whatever the language is, they're good to go. Www. 
thedrpatshow.com, or you can just pop in drpatshow.com. Both of those will get you to the website. As I said earlier, I am thrilled to be speaking with Lois Einhorn, whose story is incredible uh, in so many ways. Today, we're talking about forgiveness. A tragic story of child abuse becomes a triumphant testament to the healing power of forgiveness. I have already received, by the way, over 15 questions, emails from those of you listening to the show that get the newsletter for my guest today. And so let me just tell you a little bit about uh, Lois. She's in her 28th year as professor of communication at the State University of New York's University Center at Binghamton. She teaches courses in nonviolent communication. Highly accomplished. She is widely published as the author of four previous books and many articles. She's had a long list of honors, awards, and grants bestowed upon her, including five major teaching ones. She was honored as the 2004 Heroine of Forgiveness, Reconciliation, and Peace by the World Forgiveness Alliance on the International Forgiveness Day, August 1, 2004. This and much more is what she is about, and she takes on a topic that can be very controversial, but I would imagine in her case, really not a decision that she could walk away from. So she's joining us today, Dr. Lois Einhorn is joining us today, and we are going to talk about forgiveness in a way that you've not heard before. Lois, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Should I call you Lois or? Lois, fine. You could call me Pat. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, I send out a newsletter uh, announcing my guests that come on. And uh, I have more questions on this topic than I have ever received on any other topic. That's wonderful. Hopefully I can answer them. I'm sure you can. I wanted to ask you, though, before I do that, there's a question that I ask everyone, and it's a question about overcoming challenges. I want to ask you, given that brief introduction, I wanted to ask you this question. What are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles you've had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Um, excuse me. Um, I suffered severe abuse at the hands of both of my parents. And in my search for understanding why this happened, I reached out to notable luminaries, authors, and celebrities. And I asked them the question, what would you do you are a child in a family that sadistically abuses. You are forced to torture and destroy. What would you do now as an adult? Do you forgive your parents? How do you forgive yourself? And reading their answers helped me enormously to get to where I am today. Forgiveness started out when I started the book as being an F word. And it ended up being a reality, much to my own surprise. Mm. Um, part of the difficulty was in seeing my parents as human beings not as monsters, um, that they were born pure, that they learned, they were not born to be statistic abusers, um, just as terrorists are not born holding guns, that Lewis not born with concentration camps in mind. Mm -hmm. um, one of the problems, I think, in getting to forgiveness is our society doesn't help us to deal with anger. Um, it's more take alcohol, take drugs, be a workaholic. Um, and I had to be able to get deep anger and turn it into something constructive, um, ways, creative ways to let out anger, um, talking to my rage, breaking Salvation Army China, hitting a bot bag, tearing up a newspaper. 
Um, also, was difficult was creating a support system for myself, mm-hmm. divorcing my birth parents, my birth family, um, and finding support, validation, appreciation from other people. Mm. And I've created a new family for myself. Mm. What a powerful story, Lois. And, you know, one of the questions that did come in, and I'm going to read it to you because it talks to what you just said, I believe. Uh, It says, forgiveness is love. Can a person be of acceptance with an open heart of love with no attachment to the resentment of abuse? Um, I think so. To me, there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Okay, great. To me, you can forgive without reconciling. If my parents were still alive, they would not admit the abuse. And so it would not be healthy for me to be around them. Um, I can forgive them without wanting a relationship with them. So then the question, I, you know, another question that came up, I mean, uh, is what happens if the, pe- the people are already dead, passed on? You know, how does a person forgive the abuser? And this, I think, opens up a broader question to what forgiveness is and what it isn't. Um, forgiveness is not condoning. Um, whether the person's alive or dead. Right. And whether the person's alive or dead, I think forgiveness is something that comes about when recognizing that people are not born to be sadistic abusers. And forgiveness affects everybody, from being upset because someone called you a name you did not like to the horrific experiences I had. Um, forgiveness affects everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. Um... Well, Lois, and that leads me to, you know, to to ask you this. I mean, there are some people that believe forgiveness or uh, forgiving the abuse or the abuse itself is a strong lesson for ourselves. And, you know, we hear conversations about this is our life's journey. Uh, There are emotions and feelings that are part of the the DNA of our life, so to speak. And so, uh, you know, how do we look at the abuse in the context of our life? And then how do we let go of the resentment we have? Um, To me, the best definition of forgiveness that I like is giving up all hopes of a better or different past. Mm. And I think that explains where forgiveness comes for me. It also says that I forgave for my own sake, not for the sake of my parents. Um, Ellie Weisel, a Holocaust survivor and Nobel Peace Prize winning author, said, hatred devours the hater as well as the hated. Hatred is a cancer. It grows from cell to cell, from limb to limb. Mm. Um... When Jesus answered Peter's question about how often we should forgive, Jesus replied, we should forgive 70 times 7. One of the contributors said, I knew Jesus was not saying to forgive 490 times and then stop forgiving. But he was saying that forgiveness is a habit, a way of life. Yes, it's, it's a way of being. Right. You know, uh, many of us have grown up with this particular statement. Uh, and the statement is, you know, what you did was wrong. And I forgive you. And so what does that mean to hear that as a young child? And, and, and how does that create an imprint that either helps us understand forgiveness better or not? Um, I think it's too um, easy a statement mm-hmm. that forgiveness takes time. And I think you have to deal with the anger. Mm-hmm. and the rage before you can get to forgiveness. I don't think somebody can push you to forgiveness. 
that statement seems to push someone toward forgiveness. Yeah. Um, I think you have to get there on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you have to face the rage and the anger in order to get there. Yeah. And going through pain is mm-hmm. important also, though, because it also, if you're not in pain, how do you realize how good it is when you don't have it? It gives you the sense of being truly alive and knowing true joy and freedom. You know, your story and the story of so many others that we're finding out about right now, Lois, I mean, we are finding about, uh, out about the many, many children that are abused. And we're, t- we're talking, you know, in families that statistically, uh, sadistically abuse. Uh, there, is, uh, th- there has been a silence that has been going on for decades and decades and decades. And, uh, and you know, the question is forgiveness and child abuse. And that's your book. Would you forgive? Wow, where do you even begin understanding the power of that? I mean, to me, it came just by personally experiencing it. Mm-hmm. As I said, forgiveness started off being an effort when I started the book. It was much my own surprise that it ended up as a reality. The book sort of took on a life of its own. Um, among other people, I heard from two death row prisoners, um, which was interesting. Um, and also some famous people, Arun Gandhi, Ed Asner, Kurt Valtheim, Mary Elizabeth King, um, Hurricane Carter, um, the list goes on and on of important, you know, noteworthy people that I heard from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say the responses make up the majority of the book to my question. And then I wrote an afterward indicating how the process of writing the book affected me. And reading their responses. And hopefully a response will stand out for the reader Mm -hmm. that will help them in their own healing journey. Oh, absolutely. Let's make sure that everyone has the website. We're going to be continuing this conversation with Dr. Lois Einhorn. We're going to be talking about why Lois decided to forgive and why that's important for each and every one of us uh, to consider. Uh, The website is wouldyouforgive.net wouldyouforgive.net there is um, the book information about the book is there and also a way for you to get an autographed copy of this book and understand the power that forgiveness has for each and every one of us let's take a short break when we come back we'll be back with Dr. Lois Einhorn busy world, many people are searching for balance between their inner spiritual lives and their outer material ones. Pilgrimage is one way to find deeper meaning and purpose. Bay Pellegrini, the beautiful pilgrims, offer small group sojourns to revered and sacred sites on the ancient pilgrim paths of Europe. Bay Pellegrini, beautiful places, exceptional journeys, transcendent experiences. Call 877-377-3557 or visit B-E-I-P-E-L-L-E-G-R-I-N-I. The Fair Trade Certified logo on a label offers consumers a simple way to know that the product was produced in a responsible manner. It's your guarantee that there was a fair and responsible exchange of labor for a fair wage. Buying only fairly traded products is a socially responsible, enlightened message you send saying you vote for a win-win for everyone on this planet. This message has been brought to you by Equal Exchange. For more information, visit EqualExchange.com. Impurities in your body lead to health issues and weight gain. 
regular cleansing is vital to help your body safely and naturally eliminate harmful substances that may contribute to weight gain. Combined with regular exercise, nutritious meals, and water intake, the Isogenics Cleansing and Fat Burning System nourishes your body with natural herbs, vitamins, and minerals as it enables you to flush years of built-up impurities. You have nothing to lose except for the weight. Call Christine at 215-437-9565. Having someone in your corner with knowledge and expertise fully dedicated to your success is the best way to meet your weight and health goals. I'm Angela Pfeiffer, certified nutritionist and owner of The Nourish Body. I am dedicated to teaching you how to eat right and coaching you through the gradual lifestyle changes needed not only to lose weight, but to keep it off for good. If you're frustrated with those extra pounds that you just can't seem to lose, do something about it. Take the first step. I make healthy easy and I make it fun. Take the first step by calling me at 425-747-5282. Hello, this is Douglas McQuarrie from Soaring Heart Natural Bed Company. We've been building natural beds for the community for over 22 years. Have you felt cozy lately? I believe that cozy is the state of total relaxedness in the moment, not only for your body, but for your whole being. Come by Soaring Heart and get enveloped in that state of relaxedness. Find out what nesting's really all about. Your body will let you know how happy it is. We build beds out of organic cotton, wool, and 100% latex foam rubber. Don't you think it's time to wake up to what you're sleeping with? To take responsibility for this third of your life? Visit our website at SoaringHeart.com. Soaring Heart Natural Bed Company is located at 101 Nickerson, two blocks west of the Fremont Bridge on the Queen Anne side. Our phone number is 282-1717. Or again, visit our website at SoaringHeart.com. Thank you. Three ways to listen. On the AM dial at 1150, on the FM HD dial at 98.9 HD3, or online at 1150kknw.com. One great station. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, again, I'm thrilled and honored to have you joining us today, Dr. Lois Einhorn. As I said before, um, she, her book is, uh, is, is her story and, in, and really an invitation for us to really explore forgiveness, why it's powerful and essential in living the lives that we choose to live. You know, Lois, part of the questions that I received from some of the listeners, and I think you'll be able to answer them, has to do with why you decided to forgive. And one of the questions, you know, says, well, what if the abuser is in denial? Uh, and so I think there is an important clarification here of why it is and why you decided to forgive, why it's important, and what the effects have been. Um, first of all, my parents, if they were alive, would be in denial. The members of my birth family that are still living are in denial. So I don't think it has anything to do with whether people are in denial. My own healing and forgiveness was inevitable when I realized that the anger and resentment was just hurting me, not them. Um, so although forgiveness is a choice at one level, it's often a spontaneous result of your own healing process, which is what it was for me. Gerald Dempolsky, a psychologist and author, asked, would you rather be right or be at peace? And I determined I would rather be at peace. Wow. You know, so it, it, when we look at forgiveness, and, I, and I've talked about this before, Lois, it really is about us. It's, is, it, is it not? It's not really about the other person. Correct. 
so it's done for your own sake. It's done for your own sake. So if we could really look at it for, you know, from that point of view, then that is truly a journey. Definitely. And it's a journey and a process, not a one-time event. Uh-huh. It's an ongoing process. And I say everybody faces issues of forgiveness from, you know, feeling betrayed by a coworker to a spouse to a child to whatever. One of the things that is so powerful about your book and about what you do is this idea of looking at forgiveness as a journey. Uh, and if and if we were to take the question, you know, a little bit more global, I mean, what really is the power of forgiveness at the individual level, and how does that trans how does that transcend to global vibration? I think it definitely transcends. I think everything starts with the individual. I mean, what is society but a collection of individuals? I know I was moved by the story of Abigail, one of the contributors, whose daughter was brutally murdered, and she's not only forgiven the murderer, but she's befriended the murderer. Um, and that kind of blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um, another one was Bill Pelke, whose grandmother was murdered, and one of the murderers was sentenced to die in the electric chair. And he now goes around the country advocating against the death penalty. That, um, I'm sorry. That, that's, that's the courage of action. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's the courage of action. You know, but sometimes uh, you know, we get stuck in our story. Lois, I think. And we get stuck in trying to analyze, do I forgive? Do I not forgive? I mean, what is the shortcut? What is the the direct message from you about forgiveness for people that are analyzing it, that are trying to figure out, should I do it? You know what I'm saying? That spend so much time on the cognitive part of forgiveness without thinking about how it's going to change for the better their lives. I think partly it's to get out of the head and into the heart. Um, analyzing it is not going to help you get to forgiveness. Um, it's a matter of dealing with the rage, getting rid of the rage in some constructive ways, and being able to move on and realize that you're forgiving for your own sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that part. I mean, it is, as I've heard a number of people talk about it, and, you know, at some level, it's really about getting selfish in some ways and putting ourselves first. And, And so the question that I think comes up for me is how do we help people look at forgiveness? Even, you know, we're talking about awful, awful abuse in your case. But there are other people that are on different realms, different uh, you know, parts of the continuum, so to speak. Forgiveness isn't about one area being greater to forgive than the other, or is it? No, it's about recognizing that the person who abused is a human being who earned, you know, hatred. And at every moment we have the choice of do we turn to hatred or do we turn to love? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where at every moment we need to turn to love. Yes. So when is, what is the most important thing you can suggest for people that 
are stuck in this place of anger, that are stuck in this place of, of, uh, of confusion, what can you say to help them move to love? And let me just ask everybody out there, uh, you know, this is, this is one of these conversations where uh, I, I think, Lois, you're saying we really need to, to have the heart come to the table here. Correct. And I think we need to focus on healing. And when we focus on healing at a certain place in our healing, if we're open to it, the forgiveness comes automatically. Um, forgiveness to me is a byproduct of the process of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and should be a, a secondary goal, not the primary goal. Mm. Um, the primary goal is to heal. And once you hit a certain place in the healing, I say the forgiveness comes almost automatically mm-hmm. if you're open to it. You have to be open to it. You know, you sat down and you decided you were going to write this book. And uh, you received uh, 53 responses from a range of many, many influential people. Correct. Did you ever have any intention that that would happen in that way? Um, Yes, I was persistent and knew that a book would come of it. I did not know exactly what it would be like, or who would publish it, or whatever, but I somehow knew I was going to make this into a book. Um, I had read The Sunflower by Elio Vazel, Simon Wiesenthal, excuse me, Mm -hmm. Um, and in it, he talked about his own story where he was brought to the bedside of a dying Nazi soldier, and he was asked whether to forgive, and he listened to the man's story but chose not to forgive. He was still in the concentration camps at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he did the best than anyone could have done under the circumstances. But the book is, I modeled my book after The Sunflower. The book presents Wiesenthal's story and then asked 53 people, what would you have done in this situation? And what's kind of neat is that I got 53 responses, the exact same number, not 52, not 54. And I had no idea how many responses I was looking for, just enough to make the book. So that it's 53 exactly, the same number is mm-hmm. kind of a neat synchronicity. Mm. A beautiful synchronicity. Um, you know, Lois, thank you so much. And I think that the message that I hear you saying is that, you know, this really is about forgiving people no matter how severe the atrocity. And for some folks, that's difficult. You know, we still have people that are in uh, just a horrific state around, around uh, what happened in New York City. What's your personal message for everyone today? I think that forgiveness is possible even under the most extreme circumstances, but I think you have to deal with it. I don't think there are shortcuts. I think you have to go through the pain and go through the anger and the rage in order to come out the other side. And Mm. so it's to be persistent and keep working on healing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I so appreciate you taking time, uh, especially this time of year, a very, very powerful, powerful message. Let's give out your website one more time and let people know how to get a copy of the book. It's www.wouldyouforgivetheworldswouldyouforgiveyou.net and recognize that it's .net. If you hit .com, you will get what should I have sin.com? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay. So it's wouldyforgive.net. <laughs> okay, Lois. Dr. Lois Einhorn joined us today. Very powerful message uh, right here on the Dr. Pat Show. We are going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by uh, Jason Wright. We're going to be talking about the Wednesday letters. Uh, and this is uh, a resurgence in handwriting letters, love letters in particular. That is a nice touch. We'll have that conversation when we return, as well as looking about shopping, 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 looking at what that means and the power of e-coupons from somebody that knows. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show.